You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beltway Beef. This is Ashley, and today I'm joined by Dr. Dave Daly. And Dave is a fifth-generation producer from California. He's an avid spokesperson for NCBA and, and quite active in you know, the California beef industry. So Dave, we are so happy to have you on the podcast today. Well, thanks, Ashley. I appreciate it. Look forward to visiting with you. So as chair of the Federal Lands Committee, you have your hands full with a lot of different issues lately, and your committee covers a lot of different topics that impact cattle and beef producers, especially out West. So can we just walk through some of the big issues that the uh, Federal Lands Committee is covering right now? Right. It's interesting. And, and, and where to start? Because there are a lot of issues on the table. And for those people who aren't from the far west, I don't think they recognize how intertwined federal lands producers and the communities in, in uh, rural areas are linked. And so it's so critical that we communicate with folks about some of those issues. And you know, the one that's for right now, particularly this year and even last year is is wildfire has been just devastating to the west. Um, you know, California alone burned over 4 million acres last year. It'll be more than that this year. And we aren't atypical in the Western U.S. And, and a lot of that goes back, frankly, to mismanagement of federal lands for the last 60 to 100 years has created incredible problems with fuel loads. And so that's an issue that we're clearly faced with. It's a difficult one. Um, it's a difficult one for the federal agencies, both Bureau of Land Management and the Forest Service, partly because lack of resources also partly because of the complicated regulations that are necessary to just do the right thing. So wildfire is clearly on top of mind. There's so many others that we deal with, and it it doesn't matter whether you you want to talk about endangered species, if you want to talk about how we're going to address and work with or um, understand America the Beautiful 30 by 30, complicated regulatory process that ranchers face in the West on public lands or federal lands uh, makes that almost a full-time job in addition to being a rancher. So that's why we have to have early morning calls and do things at at night simply to address all the regulatory issues that we're faced with at the federal level. So you mentioned Biden's initiative, America the Beautiful, and then more specifically, the 30 by 30 component of it. And so for those listening who may not be familiar with it, this is President Biden's plan to conserve at least 30 percent of the nation's land and water by 2030. And so, you know, Dave, we've said time and time again at NCBA, if the administration wants to do anything on conservation, farmers and ranchers are going to play a critical role in that. So can you talk about, you know, NCBA's stance on 30 by 30 and how farmers and ranchers are are playing a critical role in conservation? Yeah, absolutely. I I think when we think about 30 by 30, and and we've worked with this extensively in California, frankly, before it became a a popular issue federally, you cannot get to 30% conservation without recognizing the conservation already done by private landowners, uh, the ranchers and farmers throughout the United States, and then also those of us who access federal lands, which are already conserved um, federally. And so to get to that level, they have to understand the importance of what the farming and ranching community bring to conservation. I, I don't know any rancher, any farmer who doesn't want to improve the environment, and they're proud of conserving that 
but also in active use. And those are not mutually exclusive. So I think we really need to understand and communicate with the administration, with President Biden, that what we're doing already is conservation. And if they truly committed to saying 30% conservation, then we are the solution to that issue. And we need to be allowed to do the right things for the land that we frankly treasure and have for generations. You know, and I think you bring up a really good point there, Dave. It's all about helping the administration understand what cattle farmers and ranchers are doing every single day. And, you know, the critical work that they're doing, how that's helping to conserve the land and and ultimately helping to achieve their goals. But their goals and, and the regulations that they're putting out, you know, they need to work for farmers and ranchers. They can't be so over prescriptive that you all can't do your jobs every single day or manage the land in the way that you need to um, to make sure that we're mitigating you know, catastrophic wildfires and to make sure that you can graze your cattle in a way that's healthy for the cattle and, and healthy for the land. Well, and I think that you've touched on the concern. I don't think there's many producers who would argue that we value the environment and conserving the land. Our problem, very frankly, is the regulatory burden that may come with that might make it impossible to do so. And the classic example on on federal lands is you can't do paperwork that's in the way, the regulatory process that's in the way to do anything that's logical makes it almost impossible to really do the right thing. And I don't think that that was the intent of people who drafted programs like NEPA or Endangered Species Act or whatever, whatever policy you want to discuss. The problem is the actual implementation. And so I think there is justifiably concern among cattle ranchers and and producers throughout the United States of what what this really may look like. It's not that we're opposed to conserving. We're we're the people who do it. We're proud of that. It's we're concerned about what that may um, eventually lead to in terms of a process that is overburdening. So clearly the administration needs to recognize how important ranching and the ranching community, the cattle community is to already conserving parts of the United States. So you touched on NEPA or the National Environmental Policy Act. So recently the Biden administration made an announcement that they are going to be revisiting NEPA guidance. Um, How is this going to impact cattle producers? Can you just go into that a little bit more specifically? Well, again, we put ourselves in this position as people say, well, you aren't for preserving the environment. No, that's not the issue. NEPA is a process that has been broken in many ways, and it makes it difficult for anybody who's planning to work to get through the process. And so (laughs) it has become so costly resource-driven, time-consuming, that it's hard to do the right thing for the land. So I'm really concerned. Um, You've got planners trying to work through the NEPA process for the last few years. We're going to change the rules again. I'll give you a couple of examples. We just experienced some catastrophic wildfires on our our mountain ranges, our, our federal lands, as well as private lands. They were catastrophic last year. And the private land holders, mostly timber raisers, They've been able to work through the California um, Environmental Quality Act, which is essentially the same as NEPA, but in California. They were able to do that very quickly, and they're in there taking care of the land on private lands. Right next to it, the federal government, the Forest Service, has not done NEPA. And so we have this horrible deadfall of massive timber that is just waiting for another fire. Because it was burnt once, they can't get in there and manage it because they can't complete NEPA. 
They say they don't have the resources. It could take them. Sometimes the NEPA process goes on for years. So things that need to be done to protect the land are hamstrung by the NEPA process to the point that we never make change. And so I think it's the, I guess I would call it is the uh, well-intentioned bad ideas. And that's really what's happened is by trying to do the right thing to protect the environment, we're actually making it worse. So I'm concerned about some of the statements from this administration regarding NEPA and rollback and change. And the problem is it wasn't working before. I'm afraid it's going to make it even worse. So you said something a little bit earlier. You said, you know, well-intentioned bad ideas. And another announcement that we heard come out of the Biden administration is federal designation of millions of acres of land surrounding the Bears Ear National Monument and the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument in Utah. And, you know, you say well-intentioned, but just not going to work. Can you, you know, just talk to us about why that also relates to this announcement? Yeah, that's a, that's a classic example of, you know, I, I think there was really an effort, a locally led conservation effort that involves people um, that could really work to preserve and protect or at least conserve and protect those areas. And then to have, you know, this announcement that simply by Antiquities Act, essentially fiat, we're going to just do this. And that really ignores the way that we think the process should work and could work if people would allow those impacted to come to the table, work on solutions, rather than simply make this a grand announcement. And I I can't say we didn't anticipate it, but I am a bit disappointed. And the language is somewhat concerning because we know that grazing is really a critical part of some of these processes and the implications of some of our producers who love that land and take care of it, that maybe they'll be left out in this process because we're simply going to, from Washington, D.C., make a decision that impacts people who live 2,500 or 3,000 miles away. It's very frustrating. So how is NCBA and and specifically your committee pushing back against some of these bad or or misinformed decisions? Well, again, it's a balance and it's a challenge that we, you know, we, we've tried to build and I think have relationships with the administration and um, working on the ground to try and make those decisions to represent producers, represent rural communities, represent the West to make sure that they're heard. And in places, it seems like that's making progress. At the same time, these kinds of decisions can undermine that trust because what happens is, you know, we think that we're talking about the right things and we can, we can give 30 by 30 as an example. We've had some really good conversations about how that actually is only going to occur if you recognize the value of what ranchers are already doing on federal lands and in the and in the United States. And then we come with these kind of fiat announcements and it's it's really disappointing. And so the job of NCBA is to work collaboratively where possible and to be um, hopefully make some progress on these issues, to be at that table and to work with the administration officials. On the other hand, when these kinds of decisions are made, it's our responsibility to say, that's really not what the way that this, these processes should work. We're actually devaluing those people who truly understand what occurs on the land. And the administration needs to be accountable to that and NCBA needs to hold them accountable. So at the beginning of the administration, I would say that NCBA as a whole um, came into it, you know, trying to be optimistic and, and heard from the administration that they wanted to work with stakeholders on the ground, that they valued that local expertise that you and and so many ranchers in the West um, can bring. 
and that they want to work with those cattle producers who are already preserving the landscape. But it seems like some of the recent announcements made are just going right back to those partisan talking points that we were hoping to avoid and and maybe not actually listening to that expertise on the ground. So, you know, after NEPA rollbacks and the monument designations and and even the president's proclamation that September was National Wilderness Month, which actually did the complete opposite, um, you know, in hopes of trying to mitigate these catastrophic wildfires. And, and really, you know, while thinks it might work on paper, it's not going to work in real life. Um, you know, do you think there's still room to work with the Biden administration? Well, obviously, that, that that's a, a complicated question. I think in some of these issues, clearly, we have to make sure our voice is heard. And at the same time, we can't ignore opportunities if they exist. So it is an interesting balancing act, but we need to push back where appropriate. And in this case, these are some issues that I think were not well thought out. I sometimes feel, though, and, and again, I'm not even close to Washington, D.C., and frankly, I, I don't want to be. I'm 3,000 miles away, but I, I see this similarly in Sacramento. It feels like these high-level announcements are simply that. It's simply that we need to get attention of people who don't understand this issue and make sure they support us. Who could argue that it sounds good to say we want a National Wilderness Month, right? And so we, we have to, at the same time, push our point and recognize that what is being said may have impacts that go far beyond that, that people don't understand. It's responsibility of NCDA, NCDA and all cattle producers to make sure that people really understand that issue. So it, it's a it's a balancing act. We have to figure out um, when and appropriately push back. And I think we will on these issues. At the same time, I don't think you can't be at the table to try and make sure that when the real work is actually done, the work on the ground that makes an impact, we have an opportunity to influence that in a way that benefits not only cattlemen, but it benefits the land. But in general, people don't recognize how much we care for the land itself. Um, It's really hard if you aren't part of this culture to recognize that people in the city may think that you're only in it for the money, right? That you don't really care about the land and the wildlife and the water. And actually, I think any of us who are engaged in this recognize that that's really part of who we are and that we have to do a better job of communicating that to the administration. And, and I think NCD has done a really nice job of trying to frame that conversation. This isn't just about economics. This is about protecting the landscape. And that's what we're really here for. Well, thanks, Dave. I think the way that you summed that up is, is just perfectly and, and really helps people understand what ranchers are doing every single day to conserve the land and, and the hard work and the critical work that you all are doing. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. And, and more importantly, thanks so much for all you do. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.